The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Cork Simon have reported a huge increase in demand for their services. Their latest report is out. Uh, and during 2022, nearly 1,400 people were supported by Cork Simon across all of its services. That's up third on 2021. The, the emergency shelter and the nightlight supported 530 people, 64 per night. That was up on an average of 39 per night. That was nearly double, 39 per night on 2021. There was a 50% rise in the numbers sleeping rough. That's That's very, very worrying. But in the middle of all of that come success stories, and one of them is Declan. Now, Declan became homeless when he was in his early 40s due to a combination of things. He has just turned 50 and he is living in Simon's services and hoping, you know, in the fullness of time, he'll go on to have his own place. And uh, thanks to my old buddy Paul Sheehan from Simon, I met Declan during the week and we sat down to talk about life and talk about his experience on the streets and dealing with homelessness and, and how it affects you. We had a good old chat. We had a bit of a laugh, actually. But he started by telling me that he was working for years and years, working since he was since he was just a teenager. I was working. I was happy. I was doing very, very well. I changed jobs at 20-odd. I was offered a better job. And from 15 to the age of around 40-ish, I was always working, never unemployed. Mm. And then when I turned 40, I was diagnosed with Crohn's. Um, I spent a lot of time at the Mercy Hospital. But to stop working, I spent 12 weeks being fed by a tube. I lost half my body weight. And since then I'm back and forth, back and forth to the hospital. Then I had a mar- marriage breakdown and I became homeless at about 45. I did know nothing about being homeless. I knew nothing about the APS, knew nothing about Cork Simon, knew nothing about Victoria Road, knew nothing about St Vincent's, and mm. I was just, it was like a learning curve. You were like a lot of people, Declan, just going along. Everything was fine until it wasn't. You got sick, you had to give up work, and then relationship suffered as these things happen. And then you found yourself. Tell me about the first night you ever spent rough. The first night I spent rough, I was outside um, Cork Simon and I was tuned up to the nightlight. Unfortunately, I didn't get in because there was such a demand to get into the nightlight. They could only accommodate about 14 to 16 people and there was probably 35 to 40 or so outside. And was this your first night on the streets? Huh? Yeah, it would have been my first night on yeah. the streets. Um, and basically, so I was asleep by the side of the client hotel in the doorway and my bag and my pillow and uh, it, these couple of guys came along and whipped my bag kicked me punched me and took off at that stage I was diagnosed with vertigo so I was walking for them so I don't know where we have to chase them no. and so your very first night out in the streets you were beaten up and wrapped 
picked up an object okay. and um, it was I look I wind up heavy mark and thank God I wasn't no, slashed. You were beaten up and robbed, that's enough like. Yeah. yeah. A few bruises here and there but could over at that healing time. But it was just like like, Whoa, wake up call, like what in God's name like and, yeah. and, and like you work in security, I mean as as a younger fella you'd have been able to handle yourself but no. but like when the vertical yeah. came yeah. in like yeah. I had no balance, um, you know, like I couldn't point left or right roof keeling over. So the next morning, if I played the same, they gave me a shower, gave me a change of clothes, make sure I was fed. Yeah. And it's okay. Sorry, Nick, who pointed you to Simon in the first place? Or did you, like, just like the rest of us court people, did you just know I was there? No, I didn't. No. I, I, I met a few guys inside uh, Bishop Lucy Park, and they were homeless, and I'd never known, and first time ever meeting them. And they said, Look, we'll bring you down there, we shower us, and they were showing me where to go. They were showing me about penny dinners. I knew none of this. Mm. I knew none of what I knew to me. And, um, yeah, and then like they were like starting away, safe, safe. You're like the lads were like. You know. how, how did it feel at forty something years of age to be like that for the first time in your life, dependent on other people and and, and out in the dark and out in the cold? And how did that feel? I just started like I didn't know what to do. I was just totally not confused. Like it was like, it was like a rabbit caught in headlights. And it, then when I met the lads in Lucy Park, and like they they looked after me. I met um, I met this guy then. Um, uh, his name was Darren, and like he took me under his wing because he was homeless, yeah. and like he was like my bodyguard all the world, like and like he made sure that I got into the nightlife. From there, then I got up into Vincent's, and it, from there, then I was in a B and B, and then um, I was in an office with the work to go, and fair play to Kevin and Simon, even though they couldn't giving me a room because they were totally booked out totally full I was in the TV room on chairs and um, he applied to get me up to the Vic Road and up in the Vic Road like talk about being spoiled yeah. oh my god, god. Is that where you are now isn't it oh, yeah it's road. Like, I'll talk about that in a minute you said I think I read was it Owen's piece in the examiner you don't sleep no you don't you close your eyes and you try to rest you don't, you don't sleep like especially when you have to get attacked you can't yeah, sleep like yeah, you're thinking yeah. like where's the next like where's the next like there was one time we were sleeping in the church and um, I'm a Catholic I'd sleep in a Protestant church that's gas <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was sleeping in a church and it was like absolutely lashing out of heavens and I was awake I couldn't sleep I couldn't sleep I couldn't sleep and um around maybe 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It was drone lit, and I was like, oh, I have to sleep, I have to sleep. And I started dozing off. And next one, people started passing me. It was a tour guide about foreigners and staring at me, saying, like, what's your man doing under the hitch? They're lashing me head. Oh, okay. You laugh at it now, but it must have felt awful then. Oh, I felt awful, like awful. So I went back down the swing when I got a, a change of clothes, they gave me a shower, and then um, I said, then I hooked up with Kevin in Simon, and from there I got up to the Vic Road, and I'm so lucky to go up to the Vic Road. But now, that's a facility I didn't know about. What What is it? It's a high support unit. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the time, basically, I couldn't walk, so basically, it had to get me uh, a ground floor. 
and with um, walking aids on the walls and stuff like that, railings, handrails, and that became available. But to be fair, there was a route. I think roughly around 1,500 people trying to get into this room, like, mm. and Kevin put me in and, look, touch what I was saying to myself, I might get it, and then I did get it, like, and they even, like, at the time, they even paid for the taxi to get me from, wow. to get me from the TV room in Simon, and, like, up to the Vic Road, and when I was in the TV room in Simon, like, it was unbelievable, because the cleaners would come in, and, like, or at night time and stuff, and they said, Dick, you're hungry? I was like, nah, not really, because I was a bit embarrassed. And, like, they said, do you want to know, there's a spare dinner there? And they wouldn't be, but they'd make me one. Ah. Yeah, and they didn't give me ice cream, come on, they'll you away. Do you know what, Crohn's, there's not, it's not everything you can eat either, is it? No, I, like, when I, when I got to Crohn's, all I could eat was um, boiled chicken and fish. That was right. it. Yeah. Uh, I, if I, I wasn't even allowed a cream cracker. Yeah. Um, no nuts. Uh, only fruit I can eat is a banana. Mm-hmm. I can I can't even eat grapes because my stomach can't break down the skin on a grape. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, look, thankfully the Mercy staff, between the medical team, the pain team, and the surgery team, they got me back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, nutritionists and stuff like that. Uh, now I can sort of just I, I can eat a lot, but if we be a bit careful. I know. Be a bit I know. careful. I know. Yeah. So you're in this unit, and. Everything is catered for, like your medical needs, your whatever. Like, my class did. Are you, are you a drinker? Like, were you a drinker? I, you, do you know what? When I came homeless, I did drink, right? And like, I sort of drank to sort of numb the pain. Yeah. Do you know? And like, yeah. And then I went. Um, I hooked up with Richard Door. He's a addiction counsellor, fantastic man, a very, very brainy man. And he guided me in the right road. And like, no, he eat more sweets. <laughs> They spent more money on sweets now and uh-huh. stuff yeah. like that. But, it, like, yeah, we don't think too, you, you've got no money and you're struggling week in, week out. But mm. then when you're off it, like, you know, you're thinking, yeah, I'm going buy a top this week. Mm. You know, I can buy a new pair of runners if I say yeah. this week and that week, and yeah. that's what I've done, right? Yeah, and, and, like, for people who would donate to Simon or be asked to donate to Simon, like, the facility you're in, tell people what it is they're paying for, what they're donating for, for where you are. Like, where I am is unbelievable. Like, um, there's breakfast there, there's um, dinners made, uh, lunch made. We've got two fridges fully stocked with rashers, sausages, eggs, pudding, ham, cheese, corned beef. Mm. You name it, it's there. And then we've got another fridge stocked as well. And on top of that, we've got a freezer full of pizzas, fish, chips, anything everything really all frozen and stuff like it's so you never need to worry about money for food it's all there no like since I, like when I went there I was probably down to about nine stone right and now I'm there only since like what, a couple of months and now I'm back up to eleven and a half stone good man and that's thanks to Karen and all the girls cooking cakes and Gavin cooking and yeah. Marie like I, there's like I can't remember the you know, yeah. for the rest of my life but like Karen and her staff are unbelievable man yeah. To like superheroes and a place to sleep that's safe and warm. Having been on the street, you can't put a value on that, can you? No, you can't. And like you know, it was funny you asked that page right? because it was cold at night, and um, it was my first time in about forty months putting on a ride. You <laughs> had a ride to put on. A ride and the heat, like I was like. Wow, this is strange. <laughs> this, this is unbelievable. I've read, like, and yeah. I'm on toilet, I'm on shower. Uh, yeah, and, like, 
can go to make up tea anytime you want, yeah. have a sandwich. Simple things we all take for granted. Yeah, and like they do classes there, we do the horticulture classes, cooking classes, they do music classes, and yeah, mm. and it, it's nice because we're fed five days a week, and just two days, which is Wednesday and Friday, we cook for ourselves, which uh-huh. is a learning curve for yeah. when you move on to your own place, you're able to cook a dinner. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I'm going to get to that. The, the plan is obviously for you that you'd move out of here eventually and go to your own place and whatever. But how's the help with you know? Are you able to work? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm applying there for work all the time. Made a couple of interviews there, and um, yeah, and just keep an eye for work. I go back working part time, mm. and um, yeah, and you know, hopefully get me on place and steady the ship completely. Like yeah. it's nearly steady now, but there's a bit of work to be done. Good man. And when you think back, maybe what two years ago to now, or three years ago to now, were you were you suicidal at one point? I was yes. Oh, I'm yeah. It, you've no idea of a play. No, you know, I don't think I have, and I don't think I want to either. When you're bed up, you're robbed. You've got an ounce of food, slashing rain, and you're soaking wet. You don't have dry clothes. Yeah. You've no phone. You can't phone for help, and you don't. You've nowhere to go at all. You're sitting in the doorway. It's like, what else are you going to think about, to be fair? Yeah. Well, and what stops you? My kids. Mm. My kids. Uh, I couldn't do it with my kids. And, like, especially, like, Darren and also a fellow called Adrian. Like, look, the two of them. These are guys from the street that you mentioned. Yeah. Darren was on the street and looked for a place to make his own place and he's working. He's an absolute marvellous man. Yeah. He was. He's the best brother I ever had, but he's not my brother. Oh, yeah. And there's another chap called, I must mention this, uh, Adrian. And he's got my back 24-7. Yeah. He he used to drive 30 miles to come in and see me. Really? Yes, and uh, he's a star bear. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I look at the two of them, and they, they started the ball rolling, and then Simon started the ball rolling more, and Vic Road, the ball was huge, and, yeah, there's yeah. no stopping me. I, I see excitement in your eyes. Yeah. That wasn't there 12 months ago? No, it wasn't. It was heartbreak, horror depression of yeah. where do I go now like and like it's, it's funny PJ someday you say right that door last night was nice and warm and then you go through the door and someone else is there yeah. <laughs> so I think sorry that's my door for you can't <laughs> you know you go and find another door and those conversations happen oh yeah and you say they can move in there move in like and yeah. oh, yes look the only thing about the homeless right I must say right every person thinks someone is homeless they have a drink problem or a mm. drug problem and that's the biggest mistake that people judge on I know a lot of homeless people uh, like myself that marriage broke down or relations broke down or loved ones they've lost and it, it, they just suffer from depression they're not junkies they're not alcoholics they just fell yeah. in the wrong place at the wrong time and with mental health issues and like Sure, our hostels are full. It takes six months to get an appointment to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. So then you see it get an appointment every six months. Right, come back to me in three months' time. It's like not something for nine months, three months. like. That's right. Know? It's funny, you know. We're sitting here with, with Paul Sheehan, and Paul and I worked in the radio business, God, too many years ago now. And I remember when Paul got this job in Simon, and he's saying to me over the years, the people that you meet and that you see in the doorway, wherever, every single one of them has a story. Yeah, like I knew this guy I won't mention his name and like he was really struggling really really struggling and he he actually jumped in the river three times in one day good lord and I used to meet him 
uh, in a park bench and we chat away and have a couple of cigarettes and we go for a walk and it went down one day to the bench. You went there. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. This is, you said that you're applying for jobs at the moment, so you go back into the interview scenario or the, you know, the interview scene. Here's the question that they ask you uh, at interviews. Looking at me strange now. Where would you see yourself in five years' time? Or where would you like to see yourself in five years' time compared to five years ago when all this started? Five years' time, I'm going to have a villain in Lanzarote. Well, you know what? I'll call boy for a coffee. Declan, it's been a pleasure to meet you, man. <laughs> See you, fella. Thank you very, very much. Ah, oh, what a lovely bloke. What a lovely guy. We had a great laugh recording that interview the other day. Thanks to Paul for setting it up. And you know what? Um, he's the kind of fella who just might scrape together that villa in Lanzarote. Thank you so much, Declan, and my best wishes to you uh, for everything going right for you. Corks 96 FM.